I believe sometimes as women, as girls, we forget our self-worth. Whether it's boundaries put up around us that prevents us to remember that we are strong, powerful women, or boundaries we put in ourselves that makes us think that we are not strong, that we aren't really worthy. My goal is to change that. My goal is to have you know that you are worthy, that you are capable of making a difference and a change, that you are capable of succeeding and pushing yourself. My podcast, Girls Who Run the World, shares stories of strong, powerful women that are changing the world, that impact their community through their everyday lives. I am so excited to share this podcast with you all, hoping that it makes you realize that you are strong, you are worthy, and you are powerful. Let's do this. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Girls Who Run the World podcast. Today's guest is someone that I admire very much with everything she is doing. I have the honor of talking to Tara Bosch, the owner of Smart Sweets, who is literally changing the game of candy every single day. In 2020, she was named by Forbes in 30 Under 30. Tara is not is only Tara is an inspiration to, to all women and is definitely making the world a lot sweeter. Tara, not, Tara, I cannot be more excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much for joining. Yeah, me. I'm so happy that it worked out. I know. I was like. Here. God, please. I was like praying. So anyone that doesn't know the story, I've, I posted about it, but all my flights had some kind of problem. And I was like, there was a point where I was going to go up when our last flight, they didn't have enough gas. And I was going to go up to the guy and I was going to be like, we need to get here. So it's fine. Please find another plane or something to get to Vancouver because I was like, it has to happen. Tears. There was a lot of tears that day, but I'm glad we made it in time. You're here. It's meant to be. Yes. Um, yeah. Can you just first tell us a little bit about yourself? Anything? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I, my name's Tara. I started my company, Smart Sweets, um, when I was probably around your age, or if it's not, so probably still a little, <laughs> a year or two older. Um, I loved candy growing up and didn't love how all the sugar made me feel. So I stopped eating it. And it wasn't until many years later when I developed a healthy relationship with food. Mm -hmm. And I learned it's about finding smarter choices. It's not about restricting what you love. Um, That I had a conversation with my grandmother and she shared that she regretted having so much sugar over the years because of how it impacted her body. So I was like, wow, you can go through your whole life feeling bad about yourself because of what you're putting in your body. So that was the moment for me where I asked myself, you know, why can't you feel good about candy? And then um, began recipe testing in my kitchen to innovate the first candy sugar. (laughs) Um, it was it was a lot of it would be, it was a lot of just stepping into the unknown. Yeah. I had acted on one idea before then and it failed. And so I had the confidence in myself that I could act on an idea. But I mean, being in your kitchen in the heat of summer with a gummy bear mold and some ingredients, <laughs> um, telling people that you're recipe testing for gummy bears with low <laughs> sugar, it's uh, you definitely have to have the vision in your head because to the outside world you just look like a crazy person (laughs) and so I don't even know how you make a gummy bear how did you come up with that idea were you like searching up online or like did you know from somebody yeah I was so interested I mean the blessing of Google you know I mean you when you were a baby Google probably already existed but Google came around I think when I was like six or seven and um what's really cool about it is just like the access to information that we don't necessarily think twice about nowadays. Yeah. And so I just used Google and used their food science journal 
um, portion of Google to find all these incredible candy makers that had been creating candy for like hundreds of years um, and read how they did it and then used modern ingredients to try and so figure it out. Yeah. yeah. So what was that jump? So you left college in your third year, correct? Yeah. And then, yeah. so what was that jump like to just go all in with Smart Suites and that idea? Yeah. I mean, for me, when I was at college, you know, I wasn't incredibly passionate about anything. I was studying. Yeah. I um, ended up just studying German. Um, so it's <laughs> so a little bit different than your awesome. Spanish. But because yeah. my Oma, my grandmother was German. So I was like, you know, at the very least, I'll leave school knowing yeah. how to speak German um but wasn't passionate about anything wasn't getting good grades at all just was kind of there trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life um so when the idea for smart tweets came along it was the first time I felt like that fire in my belly so I felt pulled to just go all in and there was no worst case scenario if it didn't yeah. work out I could always go back to school right. or I could always live on friends' couches for a while <laughs> if I needed to. So um, what were the beginning – like, my main question is, like, because Smart Sweets was such a new idea, like, making candy but, like, kicking sugar out of it, there were, I'm sure, like, convincing people that, like, it's good and mm-hmm. it, it's so much – it's better for you but also tastes just like normal candy – What were the beginning days like trying to get the idea out there, but also like form this company? Yeah, I think when you're creating something that doesn't exist in the world before that, um, you're you are really having to share the vision of what things could be with these people, retailers and manufacturers that have only known one way of doing things. Um, since candy really launched, which was like the 1930s when all of the candies we know today, like Starburst and Skittles and um, all those sorts of things mm-hmm. came out and they haven't been innovated on since. So um, it was a lot of really going into it, looking at no wasn't uh, no, it was just a not right now and just showing up day after day after day, banging down the door yeah. um, and really focusing on the what's in it for them which was that Smart Sweets for a retailer was a much more premium product. So they're making more money per bag for them. And so that at the end of the day, focusing on what they could gain was what allowed them to finally slowly say, sure, I'll take a chance. And when people started to believe in not only you, but the product you were creating, what was that like? Mm -hmm. It's, It's a funny thing because... You know, I always used to look at these people that I'd admired that had built something that was similar to what I aspired to build. And I always thought, you know, they must have something figured out or, you know, at a certain point in my journey, I won't feel like such an imposter. I won't feel so insecure and filled with self-doubt of like, am I capable? Like, like all those things. Um, But um, so there really wasn't one point where like the tide turned and and retailers and consumers were like all of a sudden yes we all get this it was very much of like a rolling a ball up the hill where like slowly 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 people were starting to say yes more and more and more and more but it still felt like it could come and crush crush us at any point in time so going back to the why and like really the mission that we were on and believing that kicking sugar and if we could do this in the candy aisle it makes a much larger statement about added sugar in our packaged foods the why was what allowed me to keep going through that because I felt like the impact could be so powerful and what was the first 
candy that you created? Was it the fish? It was. So the fish was the second. The first were the gummy bears. Okay. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So the gummy bears. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I was like curious because yeah. there's so many great ones. And I was like, I really was trying to find where, like, what was the first original one? Um, and like, when did you create the other ones? The other ones. So I really, really wanted to focus on getting the gummy bears right first. Yeah. So for the first year, we really only had two SKUs. Yeah. Um, and then in the second year is when we launched the fish, which was taking the next big candy that people knew and love and innovating without sugar. And then that year we also launched our Sour Blast Buddies. Yeah. And then our peach rings were after that. That's yeah. so great. Yeah. Um, and then back to when you were talking about when people, because a common thing that comes up when I talk to a lot of um, entrepreneurs and even like people that are just students like me or have a mission or own a company um, where they struggle with imposter syndrome. So like mm-hmm. knowing or like having the fear of like, is this is this like my journey? Is this for me? Like, am I the, not the person for this? Um, and I think everybody kind of struggles with that in their own way at a certain level. So totally. yours, like being a CEO, maybe being a mom or like, I'm not CEO, like founder of the company and at, was CEO. Um, but what was that like kind of, do you think that you did come up against imposter syndrome and like, what was that like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imposter syndrome is a sneaky thing. I mean, I think <laughs> it is. when I started Smart Sweets, when I was in my kitchen every single day just to like not get paralyzed by the fear and all yeah. those feelings that come with imposter syndrome, I would be listening to podcasts, YouTube videos, cheesy quotes that are like, if you believe you can, you can. <laughs> yeah. And um, every single day because it was so terrifying. And, mm-hmm. and uh, if I didn't do that every single day, then um, I wouldn't I wouldn't believe I was capable and be able to continue to right. take the steps forward. But the thing with imposter syndrome is when I started, I thought at a certain point, you don't feel those feelings anymore. Um, and what I found was, you know, whether I was delivering retailer deliveries out of my Honda Fit hatchback or I had a team of 80 plus people and we were doing over 100 million in revenue, um, before getting on a team call, I still had the same imposter syndrome right. I did before stepping into the retailer doors or hopping on the team call where I think, well, like, what do I have to share yeah. with these amazing people? They're all so talented. Like, right. what am I going to possibly say that's inspiring to them? Yeah. Um, and so I think the important thing is just knowing that everyone feels imposter syndrome and those feelings of self-doubt and insecurity and questioning yourself. But it's the people who continue to take steps forward at each and every day, despite the fear yeah. that get to where they're they're meant to go. And so I do think that imposter syndrome, like as I talk about it more and kind of understand it more and hear whether it's on like TikTok or like Instagram reels or on podcasts or read about mm-hmm. it. I think like for me, like individually, it's a lot of like, am I supposed to be doing this? It's like more mm-hmm. of questioning and a lot of fear, but more of like questioning, like, is this for me? Whether that's doing the podcast, running, like even um, like in my sorority of someone, like I'm sisterhood, one of the sisterhood coordinators. So like I throw, like kind of come up with like the events that we do just as like oh, the girls. Fun. And there's a girl above me that's older, but I kind of work like below her with a team, just like come up with fun things. And I'm like, is this for me? Like, am I the per- person for this? Like, or is there mm-hmm. someone better that could, you know, be doing what I'm doing? And I think it 
it fights you and you fight imposter syndrome in all parts of life, whether that's totally. just like relationships or anything like that. Um, but a quote that I was talking to my dad before I came on this as he has a podcast in a great company. I was um, talking about how before you have belief in the product, it's more about having belief in yourself to mm-hmm. so that way you can totally. believe in your product. So what was that like to really that moment or the time period? I'm sure there wasn't one moment where you were like, okay, I believe in myself, which will allow me to believe in smart suites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you're still right. Like shows up in all aspects of yeah. life. And I think um, in many ways for girls and women, it's a, a larger constant theme on our mind than it is for, for men, which yeah. I had have seen a lot in my journey um, as well. But, you know, I think, for me, it really all came back to my relationship with food. Growing up, it impacted my self-esteem yeah. and my confidence. And um, it wasn't until I had that in a healthy place that I really began to believe, like, oh, maybe I am capable, you know, watching things like our generation had Shark Tank and yeah. all those sorts of things. We're, like, beginning to see, oh, other people are acting on ideas. Like, maybe I could do this. Right. But it wasn't something that, I felt this like overwhelming confidence in myself that I was like, okay, now I feel ready to do this. Um, and which I think can be an easy trap to fall into where if you don't feel confident in yourself, then you're like, okay, well, I need to, I need to wait until like I, I feel exactly. something and yeah. I feel ready, but you're never going to feel ready. Right. It's really, a, for me, it was a matter of just acting on the idea and then making sure that every single day I was like almost convincing myself that I am capable and that I do got this. It's like, um, it's, um, there's this amazing Ted talk by Amy Cuddy and it's actually on like, have you seen that? Yeah. 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 yeah, So, you know, then it's, it's like about power posing, but in it, she talks about, about faking it until you become it. Right. And that really is, I found so powerful because it kind of feels like you're a kid riding a bike where you're like on the bike, you're wobbly every single day, but slowly you're like saying to yourself, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And then by you seeing yourself doing it slowly, even though you may still feel insecure and all these things, you know that you are capable um, and it helps you to keep moving forward. And it's so funny that you bring up Amy Cuddy's TED Talk because I didn't know who she was or I mean, I knew a little bit about, but there was... So my dad um, had always coached me in basketball. So, like, ever Aww. since I was younger, he coached my sister and I and all of our friends. It was, like, the greatest thing ever because since our dad was coach, we had, like, all my friends were great basketball players. And so we would all play together. But it was, like, a team playing with your best friends every Aww. single day. And your teammates became my best friends. So it worked out perfectly. But as a kid, so when we would go up to – there was multiple parts of the game that we would do this. But – we would, so in the beginning of the game, we would circle up and do like the huddle. And we were maybe like in sixth grade, seventh grade. So we were, I was young, always the youngest in my grades. So like right now I'm 19. I just turned 19 and I'm a sophomore in college. So it's like, I was probably, I don't know what age you're in at sixth grade, but we were huddling, huddling out for every single game. And before we went out, we had to do the, like the super girl pose, Aww, like everybody. Oh, no way. And in front of everybody. And it, I don't think I realized at the time how much that like that impacted me. But like, not only would we have to do it in the huddle, and we wanted to do it as my dad started to get us out of our comfort zone, like not worrying about like the other team mm-hmm. seeing us do like this crazy pose. And we were at that age still where we like 
we're starting to care what people think, but like mm-hmm. not really. So we were all just out there like with super girls, like legs Aww. were wide and we were just like this. But we would go shoot, you know, like a foul shot in basketball. He would make us stand on the line and do it while the team is waiting, like the refs no waiting way. for you to get your ball. Aww. And we'd be like, I'm going to make this. And it, it really did. I mean, it, obviously it's different, but a lot of the time, like having that belief before we took the shot or having that belief before we made the game changed the mindset of possibility almost. Totally. And even though there was still doubt in not just basketball, but in life where you're like, okay, like with the podcast, I'm like, there's every single day where I'm like reaching out to guests and I'm like, oh my goodness, what I respond? Like, what are some new avenues that I can, like for you, mm-hmm. I, I was like, your name had come up so many times. It's so crazy and I'm so thankful that it worked out but it had come up with so many times with like friends texting me and I had obviously followed you for a while and listened to other podcasts because I usually like bounce ideas off of other people that are like have bigger and better Mm. podcasts so like I can see what they're doing and how it's becoming successful and then um but still doubting like oh my goodness are they going to answer well thank gosh you answered on uh uh, the comment I texted you when I commented and you responded I mean you would not believe like my response Aww. everyone and near me Aww. knew that you had responded I was like oh my gosh oh my gosh but going back to the idea that there's like doubt before I mean there's doubt but just knowing okay I can do this and reminding yourself of that and even like you said if even if you're like trying to fake tell yourself like lie to yourself totally. like, you got it like just keep saying that I do believe like that it eventually works out. Like I do believe in manifestation and that like going into each day and being like, okay, I'm here. God's put me in into another day on this earth. Like what can I do? And that I'm meant to be here for a reason. So I do agree with you in that way. Totally. You have to form that belief before, but also it's like a journey to form that. Totally. Like your metaphor is like spot on. You literally power posed (laughs) and took the shot and felt like you took a better shot because yeah um but it's great I was like it's so such a coincidence that you brought that up because I didn't know what that was I'm like dad this is so embarrassing but at at the time I was like Mm -hmm. my goodness I'm just gonna go along with it but now that I'm older I'm like looking back at my life so far and I'm like all these little moments have lined up to like who I am in this podcast and I think if we didn't even do that like pose or like it wasn't even just in basketball it'd be like before we gave a speech, a project in school, like we would go out into the hallway, my sister and I, and we'd do it together. And it was more of just like this thing that we did. So Aww, I love Amy Cunning. I love that like uh, TED Talk too, because that's where it kind of formed the idea of power posing. Yeah, that's so, so powerful that your dad knew back then, of course, what he was introducing. Doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Smart Suites is sold all over the world. I like now, ever since I knew of you, and then now that I like – I'm having you on my podcast and getting the like opportunity to talk to you whenever I see it it just like means so much to me like in Target I'm like oh my goodness guys I'm having her on my podcast (laughs) but um do you ever think did you ever think at a point or ever really have this idea that it would grow this fast and this large Mm -hmm. yeah from day one I did I think that's great I think what's so powerful is going back to you know what you just talked about about you have to like almost trick yourself into believing you can I think for you to create anything in the world you have to be able to believe in your mind that you can and also you have to be so clear in your mind of what it is you want to create so from day one for me I would sit there and I would like visualize 10 years from now and I'd be like okay 10 years from now in the world smart suites is the global leader like 
we've already done it. So I would talk about it to myself in my basement suite <laughs> as, as if it had already happened. Yeah. And then in my mind, after doing that, like every single day, multiple times a day, it became such a normalized thing in my mind where I was like, of course, this is going to happen now. It's right. just a matter of reverse executing on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was so powerful because again, when like to the world, I was just a girl in my kitchen who had dropped out of college and was was recipe testing in my head. I was like, no, SmartSweet is a global company making right. an incredible impact in the world and changing the future of candy. And now we're just working against that. So yeah. um, I did have that vision from day one. That's and um, it really served me well to be yeah. super clear on where it is I wanted to go. Um, and because that kind of serves in your subconscious yeah. as like a unconscious thing you do to take the steps forward each day in order to actually get there. Right. And I think um, that is great that you did that. And it kind of makes sense because what your values are, what you've said already. But I think um, there's like this idea that like even with like personality and friends that you, you know, have to believe, like tell yourself, like we've said this a bunch already, but you have to like say and feel confident because mm-hmm. with people, like obviously like personally, I attract like very confident people and I love to be around like fun people or that come off confident mm-hmm. and just like love who they are and like to like be who they are. And so I think you almost, and it sounds like with your story where you were telling yourself that, then it allowed people to like believe in totally, you even yeah. more without or with like, if you were like, oh no, this is just a small idea, guys. And like, it might not even be big one day. Like shedding that doubt would have maybe pushed people off, but you being like, no guys, it's going to be like the nation's leading like candy brand. So many people are going to know it. it's going to be in Target. Like people are going to want to have me on their podcast. Like all these little things, like people are going to follow me. You're going to start bold beginnings. Like being able to have like being able to be creative. I mean, I'm trying to say what I mean, but being able to be creative I, I and totally like see what, what the future could look like and totally. it might alter a lot. I think allows people to kind of seek into that idea and like play into like that trailer of like what it's going to be. You know totally. I mean? Yeah. You attract what you reflect. Yeah. It's, And there's something so infectious and powerful, too, about when you do have such conviction in something, people can see that and sense the authenticity of that and then be like exactly what you said. Oh, I want to be part of that, whether it's an employee or it's a manufacturer where then all of a sudden they have FOMO that they're like, wow, this person really believes this is like, are we going to miss out on if we don't take this chance? And same with retailers. It's so powerful. Yeah. And so if you could tell your younger self one thing, 19, 20, however old you were, 21, in your kitchen, if you could tell her one thing now that you've been through this journey of creating your company and becoming Forbes starting under 30 and doing all what you're doing, what do you think it would be? You know, I think that I would tell, I would tell her so many things, but the yeah. first thing that came to mind is saying, you know, who you are is exactly who you need to be yeah. to bring this to life. I think all the unique things that make up who everyone is for me, it was like, I was always a little awkward and like quirky. Um, and, and for me in the beginning for quite a while, I tried to hide that about myself. And then when I started embracing, you know, just wearing yeah. my baseball caps and my showing up to meetings where everyone else in the room was dressed up wearing a crop top and jeans. And 
Um, just em- embracing myself if I stumbled over my words instead of being like, oh, like, you idiot, you stumbled over your words. Right. I would just say out loud. I'd be like, I'd be like, oh, like, had a potato moment. Yes. And people can relate to that. Right. Um, and there was one time in specific where I was in this pitch competition and it was for 25K, which would have been a really big deal. Yeah. The time for us to be able to have that. And walking onto the stage, like, I fell over my shoes because I didn't wear yeah. heels often. So I fell oh, on my girl, face on the stage. <laughs> and there's, like, 800 people in the audience. Um, and the audience was voting on who they get to choose. Oh. So in that moment, I remember being like, wow, this is so embarrassing. FML, yeah. that that happened. But, like, this is actually a moment I can use yeah. to my advantage to just connect with the audience. And so I right. said something like, you know, of course, I'm going to come up on the stage and fall on my face. Yeah. That, um, And then after the fact, so many people that I talked to, the first thing that they said was like, oh, like, I to- like, totally felt for you yeah. when you fell on the stage and yeah. when you made a joke about it because I feel like I would fall on the stage too. Yeah. So there's such power in just embracing who you yeah. are and not pretending to be anything other than um, than who you are. And um, And I think that's probably the biggest thing I would have told myself yeah. back then. And yeah. I think it allows, um, I always think about like, there's a Matthew McConaughey, um, like he's giving his award speech for, I don't even want to know. I don't even want to try to guess what it is, <laughs> but for some award, I want to say it's probably like Grammy or Emmy, whatever the acting one is. Okay. I don't, I'm not good with that kind of stuff, but he says, someone asks like, who's his hero? And you've probably seen this on Instagram or something, but he goes, he says that his hero is him in 10 years. Mm. And then when 10 years comes, it's him again in 10 years. So mm. I was thinking about that a little bit because um, I think it is cool to see like how growth really impacts you. Like me as a middle schooler to now, I would have no idea that I'd be doing a podcast at the University of Alabama, have the friends I have, know the family the family friends that I have be as close as my family as I am. And I think it's, it, you do have to go back and kind of remind yourself. And I do think if I like had one thing to say, it'd be like, you're doing what, like what you're doing, what you're meant to be doing and kind of just always keep shining. Because I think there are moments in life, especially as like a teenager that you're like, Oh my goodness. Am I like so different than everybody else that like, totally. people are like, what is she doing with this podcast? Or like mm. introducing it to new people and kind of going back to the idea of like, it's like something that I love and like this is my life and this is who I am and like being able to find those people that appreciate you for you and like believe in what you believe that you can do. Um, totally. Sort of so I do agree with just um, everything you've said. Uh, a good question that I had that I've been thinking about because when people think of candy, this is kind of switching the topic a little bit, but when people think of candy, um, I think of, I think little kids will think of like sugar and like candy land up being just like, sugar and at my age like something that like try not to eat the most of because I don't mm-hmm. want to feel disgusting or like I don't want to feel like I'm gonna you know food is such a big topic in our world totally. today but like don't want to feel like unhealthy or anything and now that you've created a sugar that's kind of I'm not a sugar oh my goodness a candy <laughs> that is you know you're kicking sugar out what is that like that like what is smart sweets doing that they make sure that like or what were you doing to make sure this is the best that we can give our consumers and our customers. Yeah, totally. And 
Yeah, what you said before that, that yeah. totally resonates. And I think you nailed articulating that spot on. Um, <laughs> it came across like there's that. <laughs> a, uh, but yeah, I think I think what's really cool about pioneering something that hasn't existed before is that you have to be pretty relentless about innovating and and searching and also working with regulatory bodies in, yeah. in the different countries to really be pushing for being able to use the most advanced, innovative ingredients. Um, and it's interesting because once you start to grow, you really come up across um, against, there's like the consumer side of what you touched on about all the sugar in our mm. foods and that sort of thing. Um, but then building a company where you're kind of tackling that head on as you grow, you begin to uncover and see really how the industry and the sugar industry and government how it's all intertwined yeah. in keeping sugar in our foods. And so you run up a lot against a lot of interesting things oh, where sure. you'll see, for example, yeah. like, oh, there's this amazing ingredient that's allowed to be used in Europe. Why mm-hmm. is it banned in the States? And then you go down the rabbit hole and yeah. you see what lobbying groups are staff and it ties back to the sugar industry, yeah. um, not wanting the sugar industry funds so many government programs about what snacks are available in schools in the U.S. and that sort of thing. And it's like um, things like, for example, Smart Sweets at one point, we were really working hard to try and get it available in school. Mm -hmm. And we weren't able to be considered, but Welch's Fruit Snacks, which is literally candy in a bag, is in the schools. And it's like, why? Because it all goes back to um, Welch's and the owner of Welch's. They sponsor the sugar Group and then the lobbyists for the sugar group allow that, and it's a it's whole. It's much web. more than just taking right. sugar it's, out. <laughs> it's a whole web. Um, but so I think it's, uh, but it all comes back to I think being relentless about your why. Yeah. Um, and the really cool thing is that I think um, what companies and corporations can't ignore, otherwise they'll lose market share, is shifting consumer trends. And it's mm-hmm. clear that taking sugar is here to stay. Yeah. And so that's, yeah, yeah, um, sorry, uh, no, no, I think people are, especially with TikTok, I don't know if you have TikTok, but I'm so into it and lifestyle accounts and like people love just seeing what people do in a daily life or like healthy lifestyles. And I think exercising is becoming bigger in our generation maybe. And like definitely what we we are eating and like the tough, the conversation around healthy eating and like what are we putting into our bodies sort of thing so I think it is definitely here to stay I'm such a fan totally sports. yeah Aww. Aww, I love it I'm, I'm literally gonna try every single one after this you're gonna like, have gonna to tell my favorite. fill your bag <laughs> going to get back to Alabama and be like guys come try it <laughs> everyone in the sorority would they would love Aww. it it's like 400 girls I'll be like everyone can have wow one. 400 yeah no way. they're enormous that's in wild and there's about 17 houses so wow it's like a wow yeah. do you live in the house i do this oh year. no way oh it's amazing it's wow like, so i was actually so off topic but it's so great because it's about 64 ish girls that live in the house and i um and i'm a roommate with my twin sister which is Aww. amazing we were roommates freshman year which kind of we were just like let's just do it so it's easy for freshman year mm-hmm. loved it because we're different majors Aww. so like don't really see each other during the day because we really do keep ourselves busy, mm-hmm. which, like I always say, I get to. I don't have to. Like, I get to and make myself have all these things to do during the day, whether that's run, be with friends. Mm-hmm. But then it's, like, nice to come back at the end of the day and be, like, 
be with my sister. Yeah. Like, I like home. Like, totally. I don't have to accommodate to anybody. I just, like, come in my room and, like, we watch TV or, like, usually it's come in my room and fall right to sleep. But, um, but we live in the house and, like, my first entire floor is, like, all the amazing girls. A lot of them are my great friends. And so, like, we lived in a dorm and now, like, this enormous mansion. I'll have to show you a photo of it house which I'm like so thankful and then next year we'll live in an apartment but it's like I'll That's never so get this cool. opportunity again yeah. so it's like so great and it's like mean girl not mean girls legally blonde like where she goes into that house, <laughs> she goes to the house it is exactly like that obviously <laughs> no a lot way. bigger but it's like so much fun That's it's like so a big cool. sleepover all the time that is so cool um what would you say I love asking this question because it's like it's so much fun what would you say well I guess there's a bunch of different answers is it every day What's a day in a life look for you? Mm. <laughs> it looks a lot different than yeah. it did two years ago. So for me, when I started Smart Suites, um, for the first four years of the company, my life was Smart Suites. So yeah. I would, a day in the life then would be like, get up at 5 a.m. if I slept. Many times I didn't, <gasps> no. I hadn't slept, um, get up. Um, go into dive deep into East Coast calls, whether that was manufacturers, raw yeah. materials, all those things. And then when the team wakes up, start having team calls and one-on-ones and that sort of thing. And then um, and then I would dive into every single week. I created a list of like what are the top three things that mm-hmm. despite everything else that happens, the fires that pop up, the opportunities that pop up that are like shiny balls. Yeah. What do we actually have to get done to move the business forward? And so then I would just be like a bull moving forward those three things. If yeah. it was if it was getting in the door at Target, I would be calling, linting, like creeping the her Instagram to see does she like pit oh, she likes pit bulls. Well then I'll like email her with the headline, I love pit bulls too. Like I did like I love dogs. I have two myself. Only if it was authentic, of course. Um um, that sort of thing. And then um, I was traveling like 250 days of the year on the road in small town USA at the manufacturers and in the plants. And so I would often be um, doing that while I was on the go traveling and that sort of thing. Um, so that was like a day in the life of the craziness so of wild. startup. Yeah. Yeah. And so what does it look like now that you're yeah. and have stepped down from CEO but still owner? Yeah. Yeah. So now for me with Smart Suites, I, since the beginning was really always attached to the mission mm-hmm. and then would always ask myself as we grew, you know, like how do I best serve the mission? So in the beginning, it was like sweeping the floors as we grew. Yeah. Um, it would be bringing on people like in finance and ops, which were areas I weren't strong in to support me and hire them much earlier than typically a company would. Um, and then as we grew and we kind of were like going around the corner of the 100 million market and being like, how do you go from 100 to 200 to 300? For me, I was like, OK, I no longer can see around the bend. Yeah. And so it makes it felt like it was the right timing to bring on a, a new CEO who had right. been around that bend yeah. and could see around that corner and then move more into innovation and marketing. Yep. Um, so that's what I ended up doing. And then I had a baby um, and so dove into mom life. And then um, so that that looked a a lot like shifting into mom life and going deep into that. And then um, now what a day to day looks like for me is really um, bits in here of toddler life and that sort of thing and being really present um, with my toddler and then also supporting other women entrepreneurs now is something that 
I've become hugely passionate about and talking about things like you and I have like imposter syndrome and that sort of thing which led to me creating this initiative called Bold Beginnings. Oh, yeah. Um, I love it. <laughs> also supporting on Smart Suites things um, and then investing in um, and, and being an advisor for other amazing women and their companies. That's so great. Um, before we do get to Bold Beginnings, what is a last great conversation that you had and what was it about? Whether that's mm. in Smart Suites world, mom life, whatever. Yeah, you know, I think, I think it was actually in mom, it was with a mom friend and it was about how, and it's the same, it's this exact same thing that like we talked about with the company where it's kind of talking about how like being a mom reflects back to you the growth that like you have to do yourself and in in the same way, like your company stops growing when you stop growing. And so it was, it was something just like silly, I think about, um, about like it was something about like we were talking about how you like have the opportunity to like reparent your inner child because when your like child's upset it's like instead of telling them no or like stop crying you can sit with them and be like I'm here with you and like like a lot like label their feelings and teach them that like feelings are like important to just like sit with and let them be and you don't have to get rid of them or that sort of thing so um that was a really great conversation but um, it's interesting because the parallels of being a mom and the parallels then of, of building a company, there's like the same string of all the things connects yeah. the two. Um, I don't think there's anything harder than being a mom. I think okay. it makes building companies look very easy, yeah. <laughs> um, but also infinitely rewarding. Yeah. And yeah. so what is, how do you balance the two, the life of being a mom and owning smart, like smart, sweet life? Bold beginnings, which I'll obviously I'm going to ask about, and then how do you balance all of those, all of your lives? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm still looking for this in this magical balance yeah. thing that like exists somewhere. <laughs> that like I don't know. I don't think I've ever figured out some sort of balance. I yeah. think I think when you're passionate about something, I think by default the mm-hmm. pull that you have to it, you're thinking about it all the time, and and so I think what's um, fun and challenging about being a mom and then running all the different things is like being a mom I'm always thinking about you know like I had friends giving for her like what can I do <laughs> I that would like bring her joy or like yeah. how can I show up to be a better mom and like how can I support her feeling seen and heard and like all her development all of these things so I'm like always obsessing over that yeah. and then the next minute I'll be thinking about um about like our next innovation with smart suites or right a company that I'm supporting and the challenges they're navigating and how I can support them moving through that. So I think the biggest thing is just, um, is just allowing, I think yourself to be like multifaceted and, um, and yeah, so I really don't have an answer for the balance. I think it's a a thing where it's like when you're passionate about something, it's okay to feel off kilter. It's okay to, for it to like feel off balance. I think when, life feels chaotic and that sort of thing if it's filled with passion behind mm-hmm. that for things that light you up and that are creating positive impact in the world I think that's okay yeah and I think the craziness I think I kind of thrive off of so yeah that's so great I, I might be a board if I had figured out balance <laughs> <Right>. maybe <laughs> I talked to one of my guests Catherine Miller was talking about how like in life you have Evan we like I need your help with this the, the balls 
Oh yeah, there's there's juggling the glass balls and plastic balls, and you just have to know which ones you can let drop. Mm, that's a good metaphor yeah, okay. for it. So yeah. I, this is the second time I've had to call on him, and I bring it up, and then I always know I have to call on Evan, which is so great though. You're in the podcast too, and so she was saying that, and it's like it's okay if some break because it's life is crazy and there's so much going on that it's okay to have like a thousand things like in life going on and really know like which ones like for you like being a mom and smart suites like are like obviously some of your top priorities and so just knowing I guess how to do it but also I kind of love the craziness too of life I love to keep myself busy so like I love having something to do all the time and even though like I feel like life has put so many things on my plate with like school, mm. the podcast, but it's been great. I'm like, this is what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> totally. So, um, so I want to ask about Bold Beginnings because that is a new, is it a company that you've created or is it just like it's a, a, it's a, I would say it's more in the realm of like a nonprofit okay. kind of initiative. Right. Yeah. So you just want to tell us a little bit. I know a little bit about it, but just for our listeners to know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think. Wait, the, what you said about the balls is so powerful. And I think the key behind that, too, is that you have the ability to ask for help mm-hmm. and, and ask your support network. Like, you're, you have your mom here and Evan and all that, right. people to help lift you up so you can juggle the balls. <laughs> yeah. I think that's My really important. My friend driving my passport. Your friend driving your passport. Like, in all areas of life, it takes a village. Yeah. Um, and so I think really finding those people in that village and then relying on them um but yeah so bold beginnings I started that after you know kind of being on the other side of it company building um where I was still building smart suites but now talking to so many other amazing women and girls starting their own companies and ideas and having this theme come up over and over again um when I would talk to women and girls about um them thinking a lot smaller than like they could. So like them being like, you know, like, yeah, I've started this company. Like, we'll see how it goes. Like, instead of starting from the top of being like, no, like this is how it's going to go. And this is, this is just the beginning of it. And then also that theme of them questioning themselves and wondering, am I capable and all of these things, but and not really being talked about a whole lot. And so started bold beginnings to really empower women to know that they're limitless and what they can create and to give them the tidbits of knowledge. I like to call knowledge golden nuggets that you find in everyone you talk to, the tidbits of golden nuggets that are tailored for them and their company um, and the the peer group where they feel like they've known these people for 10 years and they're best friends and they can rely on each other. Sometimes it's so powerful when I would be crying in my journey just to be able to pick up the phone to a, a, another friend in startup life and her being like, yeah, I just cried yesterday. Then I'd be like, okay, cool. I'm right. not the only one, one crying. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and really normalize those conversations around the emotional side of entrepreneurship. Um, yeah. So that's, that's why. And, so it's, and what's great about it is it's not only a grant that you're giving to these women or these girls starting their company, but it's also like, kind of like you said helping them out to see change the mindset around and perspective around what they're going to be doing rather than like all like looking at the journey so like long rather than seeing okay this is what it's going to look like in 10 years and like maybe that switches on them like in the totally idea of creating the their companies and I saw some of them when I think you guys are supposed to like about Mm -hmm. like maybe 10 or something but 
Um, I do like the idea that it's not just a grant to these late, to these girls, but it's also like kind of a mentorship and a relationship to be able to have and like yeah you know, to help them. Yeah, it's yeah, it's totally that. Like twenty five k is is amazing, of course, yeah. and so helpful. But underneath that, it's definitely not what the what's the most powerful. Even yeah. just like um, we're having the first um, cohort come here in two weeks, and like they'll all be living in a house together. And you know, in so those cool. <laughs> in those couple of days, it's just the closeness that you know from living yeah. in a sorority house that the closeness that you create with those people right. um, is so powerful and and um, can really take you through those low moments that you inevitably go through. Right. Um, yeah. And how did you pick the people, the companies? Because I'm sure you had a big turnout. It was brought up to me by somebody before I'd asked you. Um, and I was kind of stuck because I didn't have a company. I mean, I obviously have a podcast, but I was like, gosh, what do I create? But I was like, I'm not going to rush anything. <laughs> but um, what do you think? Oh, how do you, what do you think stands out when you're looking at applications? If you can, if you can't tell me, it's no worries. But if was it stands out and then how did you decide with your team and everything? Yeah, totally. There's really like two main things um, that were filters. One was like, what, do they have a clear idea of what it is they're wanting to create in the right. world? Where, of, do they have a clear idea and ability to articulate where it is? they're wanting to take their idea and does it have a positive impact in the world and then the other filter was really just who are they how do they think about the world how do they show up um and and despite the nervousness and all those things that come with it do they believe that um they're going to make this happen and so most of it was really about who are they as people and then couple that with do they have a clear vision that they've begun taking action action towards executing on because I think Um, also it's a, it's easy for a lot of people to get stuck in the trap of like, you know, I have this idea, but I need X, Y, and Z in order to make it happen. Um, you know, I need funding or I need to partner with the right person or that sort of thing. And so, um, I think it speaks volumes when someone's like, I have this idea, I have no clue how I'm going to get there, but I'm starting anyway towards it. Right. And that's great. And I think that's, it's also back to the idea of belief Mm -hmm. and like just, having fun with it and not yeah I know, totally like, I imagine I don't know I imagine life as a startup especially at that time where these girls are like pitching ideas which is also scary it's like I feel like that application is so great but also I feel like I'd be nervous myself um but just knowing that like having fun and being creative and like trying to present themselves through their companies and like their brands like and knowing totally. your brands your personal brands um so how do you hope it inspires other, not only the women entrepreneurs that are chosen and um, are in Bold Beginnings, but how do you hope that this this group inspires young girls and young other entrepreneurs? Yeah, you know, I think there's such power in seeing people that you identify with that have done what you aspire to do right. and thinking, you know, wow, like if she did it, I can do this too because I relate or identify with parts of her. So if she did it, I could do it too. Right. And when I was starting, and that's like why I think it's so incredible that you're doing what you're doing with your podcast and that sort of thing and um, giving girls and young women that connectivity to be like, oh, wow, like she's right. doing this. I can do that too because when I started Smart Suites, um, a lot of the books and podcasts that I was reading and um, role models that I really looked up to, most of them were men. Oh, 
And while what they had created was incredible and I really respected them, I couldn't really, really look at them and be like, that's me. So I could do it too. Um, And so I, what I really hope that Bold Beginnings fosters is the larger shift towards there being more women out there in the world that other girls and young women, the next generation can look at and identify with and that it helps to inspire them to know that they're capable. Yeah. And I think that's like back to the podcast and like still forming my why, but knowing what the basis of it is and it really is allowing not only me to connect with people that I've inspired and I'm inspired by and aspire to be or aspire to be not like, but learn from Mm -hmm. them um, is also to give these girls like my friends, older women, like all ages of women really it was, it's targeted towards young girls, but I've gotten a lot of responses from like 20 year olds, which Mm -hmm. has been great my age. So well, I'm 19, but still around that age. And given this community where it's like, there's so many different outlets, not like I don't only have women entrepreneurs or CEOs, but like coaches, photographers, Mm. oh, like Olympic swimmers um, was my last one. And so it's like nice for people to have just an outlet and like even with old beginnings where these girls will have this connection with other people that know what they're going through in some sort of way, Um, which I think is a powerful thing to give people this community of being able to see yourself as a runner um there's this uh runner that like is an ultra marathoner her name's camille heron and she was on rituals podcast and they were talking about what she's doing as a runner and they had said this quote and i'll just kind of like re-amp it but she was saying how what she's doing or someone had said what she's doing is raising the bar kind of what i think like what you're doing raising the bar for what all younger girls thinks possible so like Mm. as you start smart suites you're opening this whole new perspective and world of creating a candy that's healthy for people and people can actually eat it and feel fine and not be like, Oh, you know what? I'm, I need to go on a run or I need to do this and cut kind of feel negative around that enjoyment of eating candy. Um, gives people the idea of like, Oh wait, she started this company from an idea that only maybe she had, but she really executed it well. And I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, but girls, I'm like all over the place. Girls just be able to have that avenue to be like, oh, this is possible. I can do this. Like, because she's doing it, I can maybe do this, whether it's not start a candy company. It's just being mm-hmm. a great mom or handling both or being able just to accept that life's crazy. So totally. I really admire what you do with Ditto. World Beginnings because it's so – I, like, I just love, like – and it, so are all the girls coming that have already been picked? Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's going to be yeah. so much fun. Like, they're just going to be able to talk about – and some of the companies are really great. I'm like so connected, trying to be so connected with it because it really is, I think, going to be such a great community of people. Mm. They're going to be all the Forbes 30 under 30 in a couple mm. of years. <laughs> They're going to all be a That's part of so it. so sweet. Um, oh, I wanted to ask about that for my final questions. What was that like getting Forbes 30 under 30? You know, I, I feel like there's, I feel like moments like that are always like fun. They're yeah. always fun moments. Yeah. And it's, um, it's great, like validation on your on your journey that you're creating something in the world, like the awards and those right. sorts of things are really great external validation. Um, so it's a lot of fun and like yeah. and you're always super grateful that that you have the opportunity to be part of that. Um, but for me, I never um, it it was always just like a fun moment and nothing more than that for right. me. It was for me the real like wins that like really lit me up inside would be you know like 
when we'd have a woman that wrote us that was like, she, I was standing in the candy aisle crying because I haven't had candy for 20 years. And it's been such an emotional thing for me to be able to pick up a bag yeah. and not beat, beat myself up or get into the binge restrict cycle I used to have with food. Totally. Um, those were like the wins that I think really hit hard. Yeah. Being recognized through Forbes and that sort of thing is like Just totally an honor yeah. and that sort of thing as well. But it feels – it doesn't – it feels um, – it doesn't hit as hard as some of those right. other ones. Yeah, I think I agree. And as my podcast is nowhere as close as what you've created, I think even with validation in the world, when it's so personal, when it comes from comp- compliments that are so um, personal and just like spot – like kind of like Katie Hoff, my last person, was saying she really likes compliments that are – have two goals, basically just like – I don't know. I'm trying. I'm forgetting now what she said, but it's horrible. <laughs> but basically, they're just like personal to you, and not just totally. like oh, you're nice, but like you're nice because this is what you totally. did. And I think it is nice when it comes from someone that's like, oh, this episode of the podcast really helped me, or, or like I'm just gonna share. Evan's wife had texted me that she was running, and we all have those moments, like whether we're exercising or doing something, we're like, oh, we don't want to go on the run. Mm. But whether it's one of my stories that had helped her, one of my posts that helps her be like, okay, I'm going to go up and run. Mm. And just those little things that, like, she was inspired by that and these other girls are inspired by certain things. It's just, like, that's kind of the little wins. And I can kind of see how that yours in the bigger aspect helps with other people. Totally. It's the things that feed into your why. Right. Yeah. And so my last two questions, and they're always kind of little fun but hard questions, so I hope you can answer. (laughs) Um, But what is one piece of advice you'd give a young girl, woman that is struggling to find her self-confidence and know her self-worth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think the first thing I'd say is, you know, like, you're not alone. Like, mm-hmm. no one has everything figured out. No one has anything figured out. And so if someone is pretending they do, then I can I can assure you that they don't – they also are feeling the same things that you're feeling. Um And I think also there's such authenticity that comes with that. And so I think I would say that those things that you're feeling is also the superpower for you and your journey and with where you're going. And then I'd say also with that feeling of, you know, like feeling a little lost or feeling like you don't know what you're doing. I think what's just as powerful as as finding something that you're passionate about is finding 100 things you're not. And so I think um, for girls and young women that are doing things that they're like, oh, like, I don't feel passionate about this. Or like, what am I doing with my life? That sort of thing. Ruling things out that you're not passionate about will ultimately lead you to where you were meant to go. For me, it was going to college and like, I probably would have failed out had I not dropped out, um, not being passionate about anything, really um, not knowing what I'm doing with my life. And in hindsight, I'm like, oh, I needed to go through that journey to be yeah. able to get where I was going. So just know that 10 years from now, you know, all of the uncertainty and the insecurities and that sort of thing, you will look back on and be like, wow, I needed to feel those things and navigate those things to get to exactly where I was meant to go. I think there's a lot of peace, whether it's God or the universe and just knowing there's something larger than yourself out there that's supporting you on your journey. For me, that's where I found the biggest piece always was like no matter how hard each day was, no matter how insecure and um, 
and low I felt, I knew that something larger than myself is knows exactly where I'm meant to go and serve best in the world. So know that the universe has your back. It's so great. That's such great advice. And I do think, and I always say I do think, but I know, um, like it is amazing to be able to think about 10 years from now, which I think it's changed in society because having this podcast and, and like having the opportunity to come and talk to you and women like you that have done such big things in the world and have such an impact and such a following that you don't even probably know about, which I mean, I'm sure you do, but there's so many people that like know smart suites. It's mm-hmm. probably wild, but being able to have joy and like not as much fear and just enjoyment with like, Oh, have fun with what you're going to be doing in 10 years. And like that journey in between, like I'm excited. I don't want time to fly by, but I'm so excited for what like older Madison's going to be doing. And I'm also love what, I love my younger self. And so I think women like you give that opportunity or open that opportunity to young girls like us being able to be like, okay, they have had this normal life. They didn't know what they were going to be doing in college. Like it's okay to have the uncertainty, but here they are making their passion, their work and like kind of that whole thing. So I think I want to say thank you first off, because it gives like so many girls just the opportunity to be able to dream and also know that like dreams aren't so far as we think they are and totally yeah no you articulate yourself really well I think how you said that was like totally spot on I think that's that's the thing I think is that like the minute you decide that you are going to do something or you want to create something it's no longer a dream it's actually happening like it will happen it's now just you taking the steps every single day right um and if if I always um, liked this quote by Oprah where it was kind of talking about from like her super super soul Sunday yeah. on YouTube about how she would always give something like the absolute most that she had in her and then she would let go mm-hmm. and, and know that there's something larger than herself at work. And yeah. so I think even if you have clarity on where you want to go um, and then it ends up looking different or shimmying to a different path, knowing that that's exactly where you were meant to go. It's just a redirection from the universe. But um, yeah, there's there's such, there's comfort that comes, like you said, in your future self, looking to the uncomfiness of yeah. the present and being like, what am I doing? And that sort of thing. Um, and if you're even sitting there like aware of feeling insecure or that sort of thing, I think that also speaks to just like the gift of like, self-awareness and again authenticity you have that other people will connect to because everyone has those insecurities whether you're like 10 20 30 40 50 or 60 it doesn't go away which is this great thing about having a podcast and being able to have podcasts in general not just mine is you get to hear from people that you might not have met in like life yeah totally and like understand like oh not only do big ceos or big corporations or just a normal person like you like we're all just human and so we all kind of struggle with similar things totally despite not knowing or thinking that they do um so my last question is do you like to read and if so what's your favorite book Mm, I do I feel like since having my toddler I've switched more to audiobooks than (laughs) audiobooks on on drives on naps on that sort of sort of thing um oh my gosh so many you know um, for for girls that are listening to this, um, I think the one book that comes to mind um, 
the um that is like amazing and changed my life um and the title is horrible and I wish he told it because it's just like not the book at all um but it's by it's called how to get rich by Felix Dennis and that book changed my life when I started smart sweets I would um first I got it from the library then I bought one because I was ripping pages out of it um but he basically talks about how um, there's very few people in the world that actually have the grit, the resilience, all of those soft qualities to follow through on something and bring an idea to life. So if you have an idea or if you have this inkling or this path you're following, that the chances of you being able to do that are actually very, very high. Yeah. If you just have those, the grit and that sort of thing. And there's one quote in it. I'm sure I'm going to butcher it. But, like, to this day, I have it framed on my wall in my house, and I'll always have it wherever I go and then give it to my daughter when she's older. But um, it's, like, kind of to the effect of saying, like, stick with me, young brother, sister, because you're suffering nothing more from excusable confusion and lack of experience to conditions that will pass with time and whose passing can be expedited by fierce determination and application um, you got that. that I'm like, I, I, I think that's the gist of it. But it basically just talks about that. If you're confused, if you're nervous, if you're all of these things, like mm-hmm. he talks about looking back and now being envious of those feelings. And then because there's such joy when you're looking back in the magic of those times, right. that actually leads you to this incredible journey. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm going to have to read it. I'm not, I want to get into reading more as I like find moments too and it's more about like making time so I love asking this question because like it's important for me to know and it's just cool to know like what books your favorite because books are I mean we're all kind of reading all different books so it's just mm-hmm. like I want to read it now I'm going to try it is, it <laughs> it is like a too. discipline I feel like yeah. in today's world where there's like so many distractions where yeah. it's like oh you could just hop on social media you could just like watch Netflix you could just like yeah. Like, it's almost a discipline, I feel like, to, like, sit within yourself and the quiet and, like, read a book. I wish, like, I – so the flight here, I didn't tell you this part of the story, but my phone was, like, was dead – died as I was on the flight. And someone up in first class was, like, oh, you can borrow my charger. And I was, like, not in first class. So I was, like, thank you so much. Thank you. And so, like, I plugged in my phone. And it didn't charge the entire time. So, like, three hours, 30-minute flight, I was just sitting there. I had no computer, only my passport with me because I checked my bag. And I was just sitting there. I was like, this would be a great time to read because I have literally nothing to do. But I did get a lot of thinking in about whatever I was going to do here, what I was going to talk about, like, one of the snacks coming around. But um, (laughs) but I do think it's more of, like, making time. And, like, I would have to, like, probably put my phone into, like, a different side of the room and, like, turn it off so I don't have to hear the notifications because that's just how life is now but um I do want to make more time for that yeah it's it's yeah total like you said I think it's just like a the tricky thing of like the carving out the time for it totally yeah well I've had so much fun talking to you this was great thank you so much for coming on like I we hit so many great points I'm going to be telling Evan (laughs) asking Evan to carve it all out for social media but Thank you so much for what you're doing and having me here. And it's been so much fun meeting no, you and talking you. with you. Thank you. Thanks for all the thoughtful questions. And oh my I'm super inspired by what you're creating <laughs> in the world. For It's like, yeah, I wish when I was your 
your age and like growing up in my, I had exactly what you're creating to yeah, listen to. You. So yeah, it's huge I kudos to you and what clear. you're creating. No, you're I'm so good at articulating yourself. Oh, thank no. you so much. That yeah. A lot. I'm the same way. I'll go on a tangent, then I'll forget the question and I'm like, oh, <laughs> but, then, but then you just run. I'm like, it. wait, what were we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, check out, where can they follow you on Instagram? What's um, Instagram? Just Tara Bosch. Okay. Yeah. Everyone follow her. Go find some smart sweets. I'm definitely going to be eating some right after this interview. So thank you for listening and we love you. Bye.